0: I'm thankful we have that. Okay. Without any further ado, our first message will be brought to us by Mr. Mark McGarvey, and is it inti- it is entitled "Unbreakable." Good afternoon, everyone. I hear just heard from my wife. There's a a lot of people that uh, can't get here—they're running late because there's a situation on one forty-fifth, the bridge. Apparently, there's a jumper on there, uh, so there's going to be some people that should be here, but they're on the way. So there's a situation right now. So pray that that resolves itself uh, correctly, properly. Well, it's good to be here, though, brethren, on a beautiful spring-like day. Certainly makes up for the last few days where we had uh, that ice and treacherous conditions. So sometimes when I study and read the word of God, it gives me great hope and comfort in his promises. But I also see that our loving older brother, Jesus Christ, and the almighty God the Father have created an unbreakable bond between us. From the first time we are called as we work and build a relationship with God to the time that our transformation is complete with baptism he has created a bond a tie that nobody or nothing should be able to stop or break through but it is putting on the Holy Spirit God allowing us to get a glimpse of his love and mind when we bury the, the old man as it were and are born again in the waters of baptism that is when we have become truly unbreakable. Now, so about, about, about a month ago, six weeks ago, the, the movie where I got this title for Unbreakable was on, was on cable, and I, I watched it again. I hadn't watched it since the early 2000s when it came out. It's a, a movie starring Bruce Willis, um, and basically the basic synopsis of the movie is uh, Bruce Willis's character, David Dunn, is living in Philadelphia or, or Pennsylvania, and has a job offer in New York. So he gets on a train to go from Pennsylvania to New York, but before the train leaves Pennsylvania, it has a massive uh, wreck, massive accident, and everybody on the train is killed, except him, he's the lone survivor. But not only is he the lone survivor out of close to 200 people, but he doesn't even have a scratch on him, not a bruise, not a cut, nothing. And so over the course of the film, you come to find out that this is the one weak point in the plot. He didn't know he had this almost unbreakable skin, strong body. He'd never been sick in his life, but he to, took a while to figure that out. Um, because of an incident when he was at college where his, uh, the car he was in with his, his fiancée at the time uh, crashed, and he saved her from the burning car, and, and, but pretended that he was injured so he wouldn't have to play football again in the college team. Uh, Because she didn't like him playing football and not being around her. So he pretended he was injured to get out and was dropped from the football team. But he never actually was injured. But it almost set in his mind that he was. And it's kind of a crazy story. But the gist of it is this guy almost has superpowers. um, And it's an interesting story and gave me an idea of how we can tie that into us. When we put on the Holy Spirit... Gain the Holy Spirit, how we become almost unbreakable in the sense that nothing can get to us, nothing can break through God's mighty power. So, the thickening of our skin, um, in the sense that we are now strong spiritually, the physical will come in the kingdom. Of course, movies can be a form of escapism. Um, We can dream of something that's make believe, lets us, you know, helps us feel good. But one day, our dream will become reality. We will become spirit beings one day. Higher than the angels. We'll live for eternity with a body that will not tire, will not age, put off all the infirmities that we have now in our human bodies. and It's it's a wonderful thing to think about. We will become unbreakable in mind and spirit and body too. But what about now? What are we to do while we wait for Christ's return? God's power is always available to us. It always has been. And it always will be. So let's turn to a scripture that ties this in. Hebrews chapter 6 and verses 17 through 20. Hebrews chapter 6 verses 17 through 20. Verse 17. Thus God, determining to show more abundantly to the heirs of promise the immutability of his counsel, confirmed it by an oath that by two immutable things in which it is impossible for God to lie. We might have strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold of the hope set before us. This hope we have as an anchor of the soul both sure and steadfast, and which enters the presence behind the veil, where the forerunner has entered for us, even Jesus, having become high priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. So our God, Jesus Christ, is a rock, unmovable. It is impossible for God to lie. And his word is truth, as it says here. And I want to read a little excerpt from the New King James Study Bible on, on verse 19. Verse 19, this hope we have as an anchor of the soul, soul both sure and steadfast, and which enters a presence behind the veil. This uh, little quote here, quote, The believer's hope in Christ is secure like an anchor. Furthermore, this anchor is not in sand, but in the very presence of the Almighty. So God's wo- word is sure and true. If we repent and believe in Jesus Christ, get baptized and gain the Holy Spirit, one day we will become kings and queens and high priests and live and reign forever with God. So let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. 2 Corinthians chapter 12, verses 7 through 10. Some great words here by the Apostle Paul. 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 7. And lest I should be exalted above measure by the abundance of the revelations, a thorn in the flesh was given to me, a messenger of Satan to buffet me, lest I be exalted above measure. Concerning this thing, I pleaded with the Lord three times that it might depart from me. And he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you for my strength is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, most gladly, I will rather boast in my infirmities than the power of Christ may rest upon me. Therefore, I take pleasure in infirmities, in reproaches, in needs, in persecutions, in distresses distresses for Christ's sake. For when I am weak, then I am strong. When we are weak, God gives us strength his power both feeds us spiritually and physically because we are human and we have human frailties and someday we may die that is true in this lifetime we have the promise from Christ that it will be temporary in the twinkling of an eye and we will be raised again in the twinkling of an eye you will see when we do die we have that truth, that knowledge. The world doesn't. You know, everybody out there who persecute Christians, who slam us daily, week in, week out, both whether it be in politics or uh, atheists, don't know, don't want to know the true truth and the true knowledge that we know. We can hold that dear to us. We can believe in that. Never falter from our beliefs, and our ideas, our values, our principles. Because we can look forward to and pray thy kingdom come. We have that truth and that belief. Let's let's not lose that. So, Doyle last week um, mentioned this next scripture I'm going to read. And I thought it was relevant to my message too. So, thank you, Doyle. Appreciate that. I'm going to turn to... uh, Book of John, chapter 10, and verses 27 through 30. John 10, verses 27 through 30. Verse 27. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Neither shall anyone snatch them out of my hand. My Father, who has given them to me, is greater than all. And no one is able to snatch them out of my Father's hand. I and my Father are one. No one or no thing is able to snatch us out of the Father's hand. It's, it's as simple as that. It's, that is the truth right there. Nobody, nothing, snatch us out of the Father's hand. It doesn't matter who the person is here on earth even be the president of the United States the father has a grip on us he's not going to let that go it doesn't matter what they say it doesn't matter what they do no one is taking us from the father's hand everything pales in comparison to the most powerful being in the universe you look at um, I gave a message a couple of years ago on uh, uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer and there's a man who went through an incredible life um being a Christian living through Nazi Germany uh, prior to the Second World War and then through the Second World War. And There was a man who was facing persecution and a horrible life, trying to speak out against uh, Hitler's evil government. But, you know, credit to him, he kept going despite the threats of death, being thrown in a concentration camp, which he was in the end, and then executed. But he kept believing would not falter in his beliefs. And I'm sure God protected him, kept him going, and he even gave a message uh, just a few hours before he was executed to uh, his fellow prisoners. That was his strength, his his ability. So a great um, example to anyone who is persecuted going through a a life such as that. So as I mentioned before, we have this unbreakable bond with Jesus Christ and God the Father. And what makes that bond even tighter is our taking on of the Holy Spirit. So let's read in um, the book of Ephesians here. Ephesians chapter 1, verses 13 through 14. Once again, the Apostle Paul, some words of wisdom here. Ephesians 1, verses 13 through 14. Verse 13. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also, having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, which is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of the purchased possession to the praise of his glory. We have been sealed with the Holy Spirit. I like that analogy. It's important to note that... um, but what that seal meant that Paul is referring to in, in both uh, in ancient times and it was used up to the Middle Ages, basically, as some of you know, the, the, uh, the seal was an official mark of identification that was placed on a letter, um, a contract, or other important documents. The seal was usually made from wax or hot wax, which was placed on the document and then impressed with a, a signet, ring. Ring, a signet ring, or a stamp of some kind. Uh, the document was thereby officially identified with and under the authority of the person to whom the signet belonged. So our seal or mark of ownership is the Holy Spirit. And that's what Paul is talking about here. We belong to God. We belong to God. He is ours, and we are his. It is the unbreakable seal, once again, of the Holy Spirit. As Jesus tells his disciples, I didn't give this uh, scripture to Brian, but it's just going to mention it, in Acts chapter 1, verse 8. As Jesus says to his disciples that gathered around him at this time, before the, the Holy Spirit is, is poured out in the next chapter, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. Christ tells him. So that power enables us to go out and preach the gospel to the world as Christ commissioned us to do. It gives us confidence to tell others of the coming kingdom of God and it solidifies our belief in God's promises that Jesus died and was raised again and will someday return. That power of the Holy Spirit Helps us to try and put on the character of Christ. I mentioned this before in a lot of my messages putting on the character of Christ. We become better Christians and better servants. Put on that Holy Spirit when God gives us that gift. Let's go back again to the book of John here, John chapter 6 and verse 27. John chapter 6 and verse 27. Do not labor for the food which perishes but for the food which endures to everlasting life which the son of man will give you because God the Father has set his seal on him God the Father has authorized Jesus Christ as a giver of life He wants that he wants to give that eternal life to us His grace allows that It doesn't have to be earned it is a gift, and we should thank God every day for it. does not have to be earned. Some, some people make their mistake. It is a gift from God. So today we have an unbreakable bond with God. We have the unbreakable seal of the Holy Spirit. Nobody is getting between us and God. He is the author of and finisher of our faith. The only one who can mess that up and screw that up, in a sense, is us. And we need to pray that we never do that. But the Holy Spirit strengthens us. It is the power of God working in us. And with that spiritual strength, we can fend off the fiery darts that come our way. We become ambassadors for Christ. Christ and continue to preach the gospel to the world. So I want to um, conclude with this last scripture here. Uh, 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. 1 John chapter 3, verses 1 through 3. Again, once as I mentioned before, the book of John is my favorite book, and... And I like the way that John uses his words, the way it brings out the love between Jesus Christ and us, and God the Father, and he continues his great words here in 1st, 2nd, and 3rd John. So, 1st John, chapter 3, verses 1 through 3, verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed on us, that we should be called children of God. That is a beautiful promise of God. We shall be like him, or we shall see him as he is. We shall see God face to face. One day, we will see God. We will have a strong, unbreakable body that he has. And we will join him, a glorious God family.